You're listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. When I was in middle school, we would go outside to this enormous field for recess, and lining that, f- that field was this split rail fence, you know, the, the ones that are crossed like that, and uh, perched on top of one very specific beam of that fence were Tim, Zach, Paige, Ingrid, and Ryan. I still remember their names. The cool kids. It seems so silly looking back in hindsight, but I remember how I spent day after day. Let me fix this. This is reverberating too much. Thanks. (laughs) It's going to drive me crazy. (laughs) So yeah, there were the cool kids, and they sat on this one beam on the fence. And I remember how how I would spend day after day, recess after recess, sitting on another very less cool part of the fence, (laughs) pining, pining for the day when I'd be invited to sit with the cool kids. If I could just figure out how to perfectly tuck my braided leather belt, do you remember those? Or tight roll my jeans in the most stylish configuration. Maybe I could make it, I'm dating myself, maybe I could make it onto that special beam. Well, I never made it onto that part of the fence. I spent months upon months just watching those cool kids and ignoring all the other kids I could have sat with on any other section of that enormous fence. There was so much fence, but I wanted the right fence, the cool fence. I had standards, but standards that stifled my capacity to see that there was love and acceptance literally running around me on that playground. Like the Pharisees in today's gospel, I let my standards for what love should look like keep my life on the sidelines. Yet in Jesus' conversation with the Pharisees in this gospel, he reveals that there are no standards for who is invited to God's table. No standards at all. The religious leaders, they scratch their heads at Jesus' lack of standards when they point out that he's been inviting prostitutes and tax collectors over for dinner. Doesn't he have any standards? This man welcomes sinners and eats with them, they say. Now, the word sinner was a euphemism in Jesus' day for prostitute because there was nothing worse in that society. Lepers, thieves, murderers, they all had a leg up on prostitutes. They were the worst. In fact, it's not that different from our own society. And tax collectors were the second worst. They were seen as traitors to their own people, robbing money from their own people to give to the pagan Roman Empire. So Jesus couldn't pick worse people to hang out with. Jesus, don't you have any standards? Jesus responds to their concern by telling them three really crazy stories. We get two of them today. In these stories, Jesus resists the human need for standards and replaces our standards with 
the reckless, wildly free love of God. We know these stories are about God because they don't quite describe typical human behavior. In the first, a shepherd leaves 99 perfectly valuable and safe sheep unprotected to run around and save one that was lost. In the second, a woman wastes her entire very valuable day scouring the house from top to bottom to find one lost coin. I don't know about you, but I'm constantly losing things, valuable things that I never go looking for because, well, I have standards. (laughs) I have standards for what deserves my attention. But Jesus doesn't. Jesus doesn't weigh the value of human beings and then invite the best to be near him. Jesus has no standards. He invites the worst to eat with him in order to free us all from our impossible standards. Standards that suck the life out of us, that keep us stuck sitting on a fence, wishing we were more like the cool kids. You know, it's easy for me to laugh as an adult, to laugh at, my, at middle school me, and chalk up my choices to childish immaturity, but that would fail to acknowledge how this playground saga continues into my adulthood. For example, several years ago when I was in grad school, I had an incomplete for a course that I let linger and linger. All I had to do to finish the class was just write one term paper. But every time I sat down to write, I'd end up trashing what I wrote because I thought it just wasn't good enough. Months and months went by and my words continued to fail my impossibly high standards. So one day my professor was so exasperated with me that he got down on his knees and begged me, Reagan, just write something. Anything is better than nothing. But despite his pleas, I never finished that class. My standards got in the way. And unfortunately, there have been many other moments in my life where my standards have kept me sidelined, waiting for life to line up with my expectations. I know I'm not alone. Being your pastor, I'm privileged to hear your stories and So I know that the tyranny of standards is alive and well among us today. I know that on any given Sunday, just getting to church means a momentary victory from the paralyzing standards that often keep you from walking through those doors. Standards about the way you look, about your gender, your kids, your job, your relationships. Exceptionally high standards that, of course, you nor anyone else fully lived up to over the course of the week and the cumulative weight of all those interactions keep you pinned down on your couch or on your phone, in your bed, not allowing you to freely go forth into the world in peace. But the good news of today's gospel is that Jesus came to free us from those standards. Jesus has no standards, no standards against which he, against which he judges who is worthy of his love. Because Jesus is God in human flesh, and this is what God looks like. God is love, and God loves without any standards. God welcomes all of us to her table and eats with all of us. But this is a hard message to swallow. Our standards get in the way of our ability to hear the good news. We are so mired in a world of standards that We just can't imagine that God operates on a completely different wavelength from us. 
is God really that merciful? There have to be standards, right? You know, in preparation for the sermon, I read an article by Jonathan Merritt of the Religious News Service in which he shows that most Christians he interviewed don't actually take Jesus at his word in today's gospel. Pretty much everyone he talked to said that Jesus welcomes sinners only if they listen, only if they love him, only if they repent. Not one Christian he interviewed was willing to say that Jesus welcomes sinners, period. There was always a standard attached. But that's not what the gospel says. Jesus attaches no standard to his love. In fact, he goes out of his way to destroy our standards by welcoming the lowest of the low without exception. This is why Jesus came to earth to destroy our standards that we use to build walls, to enslave others, and to imprison ourselves. This is the good news of Jesus, but it's bad news for all the parts of our lives and world that are propped up by our standards. Our standards for what a criminal looks like, for what a citizen looks like, for what a true progressive looks like, for what a good parent looks like, for what a man or a woman or a genderqueer person looks like, all of these standards are crushed under the weight of God's unthinkably endless grace and love. God's love has no standards. This is the gospel, but it's so hard to swallow. The Pharisees definitely couldn't swallow it. They took one look at the love that is free for all and thought, there's no way God looks like that. God must have standards. Indeed, many believe it was at this moment that they began to plot against Jesus. It's believed that the words, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them, became the very rallying cry against Jesus. God's love was just too different from all the standards that they were used to believing came from God. And in the battle between their standards and the God of love, they chose their standards. So Jesus took all our standards to the cross and he showed us what happens when our standards become our God. And then after three days, God raises Jesus and gives him back to the very people who killed him as the ultimate sign that God's love has no standards. There is no unforgivable sin, even killing God. Jesus came to free us from our standards. And in the place of those standards, Jesus gives us his life, a new life free from the soul-crushing standards that led Jesus to the cross. And in light, and in the light of this new life, Jesus invites us to rejoice. Rejoice with me, he says. Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Not to cling more tightly to our standards, but to rejoice. To rejoice that God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. To rejoice that God doesn't see us through our impossible standards, and so maybe we don't have to either. To rejoice that today God is drawing near to another 
lost soul who thought she was beneath God's standards. And to rejoice that maybe today we can set down just one more of our standards and see what life is like without you.